We are in week three of our current teaching series at the movies, and what we do for our guests, this might be a bit strange or peculiar, we take uh, movies that have come out during the year, and because the most, most of the time these movies are made to relate to the human condition, what's going on in people's lives, what they can relate to, it's cool, and, and then we go to the scripture, because God speaks to the human condition like no other piece of literature, no other word, no other force, because it's, it's living its act of like nothing else. And we say, okay, what does the Bible speak to towards this theme that we've kind of come across in the movie? Now, some of you have been or are in transition in your life. More of you than you might realize are in transition. Um... Last week, I talked about Christy and I in our home, how things are kind of changing. After homeschooling for 13 years, still one in that place, but the other, you know, two are really, this is their last year. One is in college, who's starting job, a couple just got new jobs, and we're, we're in a time of transition in our life, right? And you could be in these places of transition at your occupation, in relationships. Maybe school, you were in one school, you know, elementary to middle, middle to high school, maybe high school to college, you're in transition in your life. Now, and this really, how we handle these transitions greatly impact our life. Now, retirement can be a difficult transition. Some of you might know that. You look forward to it, and it comes, and wow, you know, we saw that. Christy and I saw that in our family when Lloyd, after working, oh, I don't know, 40 years, 40-something years, Lloyd worked 31 years straight, didn't take a day off. Didn't miss a day of work in 31 years, huh? And, and then he comes and he retires, and next thing you know, we hear like, you know, we hear things along the lines of, okay, you know, it's like early, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning, and we hear them going back and forth. It's like, no, 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 we don't watch that at 10 o'clock in the morning. This is what I watch at 10 o'clock in the morning, Right? Oh, no, no, we don't do that at this time because Diane's been living, you know, having a whole home to herself for 30, all these years. And Lloyd's sitting there like on the couch smiling like this is what I want to watch. Like, no, 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 no. You know, and then, okay, listen, we don't eat breakfast at this time in the morning. If you're going to eat breakfast, clean up after yourself because Diane's used to having the house nice and clean by such and such time in the morning, right? Diane just has to have a clean, house clean all the time. Yeah, you walk into Diane's house, you think you walked into, like, the lobby at Holiday Inn or something like that. <laughs> so look. What you could see is the tension building, you know, escalating. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. There is tension in transition. It's there. And I hope this message today will help you see it, address it, and work it through. When, when you're changing these things in life, when you go from a family, you know, of this size to that size, when you go from living here to living there, there are these, this tension in these transitions. The movie we're looking at today is Toy Story 4, uh, and we see examples of tension in transition in the main character Woody's life. Let's look at a clip. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
Wow, they're doing hat shop. When's the last time we ever got to play that? Remember when she played house? I liked house. Those were the days. It was basic. You made a house, you lived in it, done. Yeah. That's the third time you haven't been picked this week. I don't know, I don't keep count. Oh, you don't have to. I'll do it for you. Okay, 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 I get it. It's been a while. Oh, looky there, you got your first dust bunny. What you gonna name it? Uh, what about Dusty? Francis. Harry. Aaron. Fuzzball. LeBron. Fluff. How about Thumper? Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, he's a cowboy, so that makes a lot of sense. So Woody went from being in the center of playtime to being on a sideline in the closet. You see these complicated transitions, the more difficult one, they catch you off guard. You're not even thinking that. I mean, it's actually you're transitioning, but you're not really thinking it that way. Like, okay, I'm transitioning from one to another, and, and there are things that are going to come up, tensions that, you know, uh, you don't expect them, and, and then they just catch you off guard. And, and sometimes it could be at a, a height of, or a depth, if you will, a seriousness of, you know, I, I never thought I'd find myself in this place in life, or... I thought this was going to be something good, and, and, and it's, it's just become so complicated. Or oh, I, I didn't think this was happening to me or to us. Wherever you are in transition, today we want to look to the Bible, to the Scripture, and to get some guidance in our lives. We're going to read words from the Apostle Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. He, he finds himself at this time in his life in prison. He's under house arrest. He's chained to a Roman soldier. Not for something that he's done wrong, but for something he's done right. Sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So being in prison, that's a pretty serious transition, yes? Right? And Paul, while he's sitting there in prison, going through this very difficult time, he shares encouraging words. Some of the most encouraging words in all of Scripture Clearly, they're given to him by the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that's in you and I, to help him in his time of transition, to help us as we glean into these words in our times of transition. The book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Paul writes, not that I have already obtained this, all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take a hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet having to take hold of it, all that God has for me. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize to which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Best is yet to come. So the first thing Paul would encourage us to do as we're working through transition is fight fear in transition. It's a natural reaction when we go into transition, right? Now, I'm not speaking about some caution. Could, we could file that under wisdom or the, under reason, right? You know, I'm not talking about thinking things through. I'm, think, I'm talking about a distorted Maybe, you know, excessive way of dwelling on things that are fearful, of, of, of looking at it from a place of fear. So in New England, we have a, a way of paying attention to the forecast. It's kind of really normal and natural to us. 
If you go to other parts of the country, like say my family lives in southern Florida, it just doesn't work either way. It's like the forecast is Monday, Tuesday, with the five-day forecast is 77 during the day, eight, you know, 82 during the day, 77 at night. That's the forecast for five, six, seven days. That's it. You know, they don't shift more than five to eight degrees in a day. We shift like 30, 40 degrees in a day sometimes. So we're accustomed to that, right? And, and, and as we gauge the forecast, we'll, you know, make adjustments to how we plan and what we're going to do. You know, and if we have this sense that things aren't clear, that things don't look too good, we'll make those adjustments. And this is true in life. We can do this, right? Now, the Apostle Paul is sitting in prison. I mean, he's unaware of a lot. The, the, the uncertainty is just large. There's so much that he could be fearful of. And we, we tend to do that. As we tend, when we're looking into the forecast, we can look through this lens of what to worry about. We, when we look through that, we, there's a lot of uncertainty. Even when the forecast is telling us what it is, there's still uncertainty in that. Paul's in prison. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He might get out in a week, a month, a year. He might never get out of prison. He has seen other believers imprisoned and martyred and killed. You and I, we do not definitively know what's coming when we, when we forecast our lives. We don't. Certainly, we can have an influence, but we cannot control it, as we've been talking about from time to time these last several months. We simply cannot. And this, and this, way, this attitude has such a huge effect on how we transition, that when we begin to see uncertainty, and it triggers these fears in us, and then we try and, you know, you know, control this, it really can make things even more complicated. It, it, it can really increase the tensions in the transitions. And rather than, than to deal with them and navigate them and work through them, we can actually kind of get entangled in them and overwhelmed by them. You know? And, and, and what happens then is we get slowed down. We get weighed down. The Bible even talks about, in Hebrew, about getting weighed down by burdens and tripped up by the sin that entangles us. And, and, and so now, instead of going through the transition in a healthy way, where we're growing spiritually, where we're gaining in life, now we're going through it very slow. Maybe in an unhealthy way, we're working through this transition, sometimes we're just actually too slow, right? And, and what that does is, when these opportunities or things come into our life, we don't see them. We're stuck in the thickness and the weight of, that, of the tension of that transition. So you know what? Say, hey, hey, would you like to be involved in this? Yeah, you know, yeah, he's just, I've got this going on and that going on, and yeah, it's just, it's just not the right time right now. I'm not talking about caution or wisdom. Or, you know, wow, you know, you, can, you think you can, you know, give to this or sacrifice this or be a part of this? Yeah, yeah, just not, not right now. You know, it's just, it's, it's just not the right time. You know, this is going on and out. Going on. And I'm not talking about like, you know, once. I'm talking about this becomes kind of a narrative. You've slowed down in that transition. It's really become so much of who you are. In fact, you're, you're kind of stuck in the transition. 
The tension has become so much, it's affected to you significantly. Rather than deal with it, you've acquiesced to it, and you're stuck in that transition. Listen, as someone who speaks to people, and I say this, I, I guess I don't know if it's to affirm like, the credibility of the words or just to give you, a, you know, some, you know, invite you to the back room on how I kind of come to some of this. I, in talking to people, I, I'm thinking a lot of people are stuck in transition. I mean, they just, they're just there. One thing led to another, and, and they're just stuck in transition. They've really never, never moved out from that moment in their life, from that change in their life. And, and, and what took place as they were in the transition, they're just kind of staying there. They're stuck there. It's become their narrative. It's become how they're interacting. And God today is calling you to say, hey, Let's, you and I, let's work through the tension and let's move forward through the transition to a greater you. Yes? Yeah. So, sometimes in life, you need to stop paying attention to the forecast and start paying attention to our faith, right? Stop gauging what's going to happen, what could happen, the uncertainties, and just stand firm in your faith like it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14. It talks about standing firm in your faith. Paul wasn't living based on the forecast that he might get out of jail. Paul was living from a place of all the good things God had done in his life. Believing that God has placed me here for a reason. It is well in my soul. I'm going to fix my eyes on God. I'm going to live my life based on faith today. Right? Not on the circumstances. I'm not going to live it based on the tension, the real tensions, the real uncertainties. I'm going to live my life based on my faith. It's a profound difference. Right? Be careful when fear comes into your transition. When you change from this family to that family, from that occupation to this occupation, from this school to that school, from here living to over here living. From this relationship to that relationship, be careful of fear coming into your transition where you are focusing on it. The next thing you want to, in that transition, you really want to pay attention This is going to help you out with the first and more to what you're focusing on. When we're in transition, we tend to focus on, as I said, the excessiveness of the problem, or we excessively focus on that uncertainty. Because often we're in a place that we're not accustomed and used to being. And sometimes our transition can be a very positive one, but we're just not seeing that, or a necessary one. We're just not there. It's all we can think about. It's all we can talk about. And Paul speaks to this in, in verse 13. He says, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. The word he's using here when he says, you know, forgetting, it's not as we would, in the original language, the word there is not consistent with how we would use the word forget. We would say forget like, you know, I forget that happened, or I forgot this person did this to me. It's not necessarily what it's saying here, but the word Paul is using is, is indicative of describing you neglecting uh, something, right? Like you're not focusing on it. So if, if Christy and I were up here, as we are sometimes, you know, I'm here, but generally you're going to be neglecting to focus on me, and you're going to focus on Christy because she sounds so much nicer and she looks so much better, Yes. Yeah, absolutely, right? Or a more practical way, you know, if the drums are up there, you know, they're here, but you're, kind of, but you're not staring at them. You're kind of neglecting to focus on this, and you're focusing where I am up here. And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, neglect, neglect those things of the past. Neglect that way of thinking. Neglect 
the fear, neglect the uncertainty, the thoughts there. Bring neglect there. So as we say here, you know, glance at the problems and gaze at God, yes? Paul's saying focus. Otherwise, if you only focus on the issue, the problem, if you keep looking at the forecast, the challenge, the uncertainty, the transitions, the tensions are going to increase, right? You're going to be weighed down. And you could wind up stuck there. Certainly, the way you're navigating it could bring more negativity and more problems and complications. What am I going to do now at this stage of my life? We used to make that much money. Now we're only going to make this much money. This was our family. Now this is my family. What's going to happen with this one? What's going to happen with that one? And we're just focusing. Stop looking at the problems. So let me say it. Stop focusing on the problems. They're real. I've never once said they're not real. I said stop focusing on them. Give them a little bit of neglect. And focus on God. God will, through his Holy Spirit, enable you to navigate, to deal with these problems. With wisdom, with courage, with bravery, with fortitude. But fix your eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of your faith. Trust in God. God is a providential God. It's who he is. Pick up your head and look around to see what God is doing. Right? Think about that. Take your focus off of those uncertainties. Just pick your head up and look around to see what God is doing. Paul is saying, forget about what is behind. Strain towards what is ahead. The word there, straining, he speaks to doing something put over and over. Paul is saying, hey, I never stop living my life this way. In every situation, I pick my head up and I just right now, I'm not focusing on the negative, on the pain, on the trial. I'm looking to what is ahead. Over and over again, I do this. Remember, he's writing this as he's held captive in prison. Paul says, this is where I'm at. This is where you need to be. So we look at Woody and Toy Story. And Woody went from running the room, right? The, you know, the room, the bedroom, to now running the closet, right? <laughs> but Woody, we see now, he doesn't stay there. He picks his head up and he starts listening and seeing things differently. And he winds up finding a place out of the closet with Bonnie in a different place and different circumstances. Let's take a look at a clip with Woody now winding up at school with Bonnie. So Bonnie, using her creativity, she eventually builds a new toy called Forky. We got a new character in Toy Story, right? Woody finds himself where we find ourselves in the circumstances we might not have thought we'd be in. And there, Woody sort of reframes his opportunities, right? He, he looks into his circumstances and, and he takes what's going on and he reframes it. In this case, he, he finds himself in a trash can and he takes trash, garbage, and he uses it now to what's there with him, he frames it all differently and he creates an opportunity. Look, Woody gets this. He's like, okay, I know what I'm meant to do right now and I'm just gonna need to do it in a different way. God loves you, he's called you, his hand is on your life. Circumstances might have changed, but he is not. God still wants to glorify himself through you. It just might be in a different way 
that we, you had kind of scripted or that did exist in your life. Just because circumstances have changed doesn't mean God's call on your life has changed, right? You just want to discover what does it look like for me now to glorify God in this transition and in these next stages of my life. So some of us want conditions to be kind of perfect for us to move forward. You know, we're kind of rattled. We're confused. We're coming from fear. We're dwelling on these negatives. And before we'll move forward, before we'll kind of, you know, commit to that, before we'll get involved in this, before we will step out and deal with that issue in a God-glorifying way, we want conditions to be perfect. We want everything to be in place. And you'll hear that as you speak to people. There's this scripture that we hear of and that we know of even, I think, people who don't believe in God, atheists might even recite this scripture and say it. You'll see it on mugs, T-shirts. And what is it? I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength, right? Vanda Holyfield, boxes, soccer players, actors. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. I want to read you the total of the scripture. Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 through 13 says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every and any situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And here we go, verse 13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Now, Paul, as I said, he's writing this from prison. We're talking prison unlike, you know, first century prison. Aren't you glad Paul didn't need perfect conditions to write those words? Have those words blessed you? Have they inspired you? Have they moved you to a better place? Aren't you glad that the Apostle Paul didn't need perfect conditions to step out and write those words, huh? Yeah. Aren't you glad that the Apostle Paul was handling the tension and the transition in a God-glorifying way, yes? Yeah. Aren't you glad the Apostle Paul was not looking just at the forecast and all the uncertainty, Will I even have hands tomorrow to write this or the guy I'm changing is going to chop my arms off? But no, I'm going to fix my eyes on God and the good that he has and what I could do right now. And I'm going to glorify him and I'm going to write these words. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. I'm going to move through this transition. I am. I'm going to fix my eyes on God. There's so much good. There's so much opportunity here. There's so much good to be done. I'm going to trust in God. I'm not going to live from fear. I will not do it. I'm not going to be driven by that. I'm not going to turn around and focus on the negativity, what I should have done, what I could have done, and what this one. I'm not going to do that either. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to gaze at my God and what he's brought before me, and I'm going to move forward in this, Yes. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't need the perfect conditions to go to the cross and to give his life? Yeah, I am, right? To give his life for you. Perfect conditions were not in place when Jesus went to the cross. In fact, Jesus had no conditions to go to the cross, right? Jesus had no conditions on his love for you. His love is unconditional. Think, dwell on that. Let that sink in this morning. Jesus loves you not because your conditions are perfect, but because he has no conditions and he is perfect. Yes? We're fixing our eyes on perfection when we look at Jesus. What if you face retirement in this way? 
What if you faced a disruption and a fragmentation in your family this way? What if you faced a change in your occupation this way? What if you faced a change of a loved one in a healthy way this way? What if you faced transitions this way? What if you, how, what if you dealt with the tension and the transitions in such a way, huh? Philippians chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. The apostle Paul writes, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, myself and the other apostles, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For I, as I have told you often before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. You see, this is what happens. When we have the tension that comes into transitions and we begin to govern ourselves from that fear, and we begin to focus on that which is not well, or focus on the forecast and trying to gauge all the uncertainties and focus on the uncertainties, we then are kind of conditioned. We have an enemy, he comes in and he sets our eyes and our mind on earthly things. Because that's what we believe is what's going to carry the day. That's what's going to sustain us or protect us. And we now set our minds on earthly things, on things of matter, on things of material, on what we know. And that could bring us stuck in a transition. Some of you are in a challenging place in your relationships because one of you or maybe both are stuck in transition. You've never just got in and said, okay, you went in there saying, how am I going to deal with this stuff? How am I going to manage this? And you're still there not saying, man, God is with me. God is going to glorify himself through me. I'm going to step out now, right? And I'm going to let God take a hold of me. I'm pressing on, straining on that God would take a hold of me. huh? That I would know what he's taking a hold of me for. So Paul says, these persons, right? He's given us a warning. He's saying, don't look at everything around you. Don't compare yourself to others, right? You're going to be enslaved by circumstances if you do that. It's a destructive way to be. He says, people who live this way, their glory is their shame. Their glory is their shame, meaning they accept things the way they are. They're just trying to make the best of it. It's just the way it is. Paul says, don't live that way. Don't live that way. Your glory is not your shame. You are made to worship God and to glorify him and to enjoy him. I've heard people say things like, you know, it's never been the same since. Or they might not say it, but they'll tell it to me. My life changed negatively when this happened. Look, what happens is over time we're describing and internalizing the transitions in such a way that we are kind of stuck there. We're stuck there within ourselves inside. And Paul's saying, man, this isn't the end. It's actually the beginning. And that doesn't mean you didn't make mistakes, and it doesn't mean there's not problems, and it doesn't mean... But he's saying, listen, this isn't the end, it's the beginning. Right now, in this moment, when you turn to God, fix your eyes on him, know that he's going to glorify himself through you, and trust in him, Paul says, it's the beginning. And you can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives you strength. It's the beginning, my friends. There's hope. Now, it could be the moment where you turn back to God. It could be the moment where you turn yourself to God, even right now. You might have been in this transition for a decade, 
15 years, 20 years. But today, this moment, you're going to turn to God like never before. You're going to turn your heart over to God this morning. The God that's been calling you to him. You're going to press on for that high calling that God is calling you to. When you're in transition, you want to find that focus on what is right. You don't want to be overwhelmed by fear. And last, just I think this is good to toss out there as followers of Christ, as a church who has a mission to see people come to know Jesus. You want to trade transition for transformation, right? <laughs> we want to be transformed and we want to see others transformed. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7, Paul writes, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness, like you and I. Now he's fully God and he's fully human. Jesus was transformed into that. Why? Because he loves us. It's important to handle the transition in a way that glorifies God. And because your transition could be someone else's transformation. Yes? <laughs> your transition could be someone else's transformation. Maybe the person you're in relationship with. Maybe one of your children, grandchildren, the people that are around you. Your transition could be someone else's transformation. Uh, let's just take a look. Back at the movie and see what happens with this, you know, new toy Forky. The one that Bonnie created from all the rubbish that Woody tossed out to her. You know, remember, the problem is not the circumstances, but it's who you think you are in the circumstances. Let's look at the clip. Carry me. No. Why do I have to be a toy? Because you have Bonnie's name written on the bottom of your sticks. Why do I have Bonnie's name written on the bottom of my sticks? Because she... Look, she plays with you all the time, right? Uh, yes. And who does she sleep with every night? The big, white, fluffy thing? No, not her pillow. You. Uh. All right, Forky, you have to understand how lucky you are right now. You're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. Huh? What? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then you watch them grow up and become a full person. And then they leave. They go off and do things you'll never see. I... Don't get me wrong, you, you still feel good about it, but then somehow you find yourself, after all those years, sitting in a closet, just feeling... Useless? Yeah. Your purpose fulfilled? Exactly. Woody, I know what your problem is. You do? You're just like me. Trash! What is it with you and trash? It's warm. Ew. It's cozy. I guess. And safe! Like somebody's whispering in your ear, everything's gonna be okay. Forky, that's it. That's how Bonnie feels when she's with you. She does? Yes! Wait a sec. You mean she thinks I'm warm? Yep. And cozy? Uh-huh. And sometimes kind of squishy? Well, that too, yes. <gasps> I get it now. 
I'm Bonnie's trash. Yes. Wait, what? I am Bonnie's trash. No, 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 oh, not man, exactly. She must be feeling awful without me, Woody. We gotta get going. She needs me. Yeah. Wh- hey, Bonnie, I'm Whoa, coming. Whoa, Whoa, slow down. Bonnie, I'm coming. <laughs> Sometimes our transition can be shaped based on who we help and how we help them. Uh, and when we're doing that, we're not in a place of fear anymore, right? We're a place of finding out and discovering. We're not in a place where we're focusing on all the negative, but we're actually imagining what we can do and with what's before us and, and creating some positives as we trust in God. And, and we're seeing God work through us in a way we never thought and seeing results that we never imagined as people are transformed before us. It's an incredible thing. It's an incredible exchange to be a part of versus being stuck in our own transition. I wonder what it would be like to walk into any transition with that mindset, with that expectation, huh? With that perspective and motivation in our life. And all this as we know that God is calling us to something greater. Remember, we're not made for things of this earth, but we are made for things above. And Paul tells us in the third chapter of Philippians, he tells us of our final transition. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21. Paul says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, he's in control, not us. We influence, he controls, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. We are going to be with Jesus in eternity. We were not meant permanently for this earth. If you're living here that way, I'm here to remind you this morning that the best is yet to come, that your final transformation is to eternity. We, I say this respectfully, I do, I really do, um, I do in some ways respect and acknowledge intellectuals and science and how they come up to ways they feel that we have come to be. But what I just can't wrap my mind around is that I am just matter. Meaning, I didn't say whether I matter or not, like, like, like all that I am came, for, came from material and is still material. There's nothing spiritual about this being. Then how? Why do I love my wife the way I do? Why do I care for my children? Why am I really, truly, when I'm at my best, be willing to give of myself for other people? Why? Why do I want to have someone t- touch me and to, to feel warm, to be wanted? Why, if I'm just matter and material? then really, truly, other than how we function, there is, there's nothing different between this and this. But yet I'm not, I don't believe I'm matter or material. I believe I'm deeply spiritual. And if that's the case, then that means I am going to land in the greatest place of all, and that's in eternity. I'm here that God would glorify himself ultimately, that I'd finish this race, that the final and the ultimate transformation would be in eternity, yes? When you came in here this morning, you were given a connection card. We call it a connection card. On one side, it says, my next step. Yeah, like, this is my next step. Uh, Today, perhaps you have been in transition. Maybe you've been stuck in transition. And today is the day that God has called you now to move through that, to move forward by turning your life over to him. Some of you came in and you didn't believe in Jesus, you don't believe in God. There are people, some of you have been here for several weeks and months and you, you don't believe in God. 
But perhaps this morning is the time where you're going to say, you know, I am moving forward. I'm taking that step. I'm now working through this transition. I'm managing the tension in my life, in my heart, and I am going to embrace Jesus Christ. The Bible says if you profess Jesus as Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, that you are saved, you are rescued, and now you are living from the spirit that God breathed into when he made you in his image. And you know now that that final transformation is going to be you united with your heavenly father. And from that perspective, you then can turn around and handle all your transitions in a wonderful way, knowing what your final one is going to be. Do you hear that? And at the forecast, when you look at the forecast, that's what you're looking at. That's what it's going to be. And that is certainty. There's nothing uncertain about it. It's who we are. It's what we were called to. So right now, whatever transition you're going to, know that Jesus offers you new life. As we sing this last song, spend some time just pondering the goodness of God, that he's awakening you to your need of him. That all the good that you have in you came from the spirit that he breathed into you. And he's calling you to more and more and more, to know him intimately, to love him. Take that card, check off the box that says, I'm starting a new relationship with Jesus Christ today. I'm renewing it. I've been living out this life, this Christianity, as best I could, and I think I'm doing it stuck in transition. The tensions have so overcome me of this transition that I've been doing the best I can to have Jesus and the Bible help me deal with these tensions in a way that I know how to, and I'm stuck here. But now I'm going to surrender myself to Jesus today. I'm going to turn and fix my eyes on Jesus today. I'm going to now feel God's power in me today. And now I'm going to go through this transition with my eyes fixed on eternity, knowing that Jesus has me, yeah? And I'm going to live out for greater things to come. So take that card, bring it to the guest services table. My prayer is with you all today that each one of us me, Christy, you, that each one of us today takes another great positive step through our transitions in a way that glorifies God. To God be the glory. Have a great day.